Welcome back to the Metal Exchange. This is Chris here with Justin, and we have a special guest. Uh, we have been marching towards Prog Power USA coming in uh, September of this year, and we have on the promoter of Day 2, which is going to be the Thursday night uh, portion of the show, uh, Milton Mendoza Mendonca. Uh, <laughs> Milton, <laughs> welcome, and uh, how are you this evening? Thank you for joining us. Thank you guys for having me. I see you start. You uh, woke up today and you chose war with the Mendoza thing, but that's okay. <laughs> well, a good, uh, a good nickname. Good, man. A little always sticks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little under the weather, but but things are good. You know, as you said, we're we're getting closer and closer. We're two months away from the show, and this is when the the butterflies really start start hitting a little bit. You know, uh, oh, but things what, are good. I- uh, what what do you like at this point in time? We're two months out. Like, what are you pretty much uh, up to as far as this year's uh, event goes? Like, what do you what goes into it even this far out? Um, I think now is the time that we start getting everything, all of the details ironed out directly with the bands. Like all of the technical advances. You know, um, we start getting their schedules in when they're flying in, when they're flying out. Um, we start getting more into the the specifics of the show, you know, going over requests, going over riders, um, you know, hotels, all of that kind of stuff. So um, this is where you start looking for the green M and M's and stuff like that to make sure that it's only green M and M's. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Luckily, this year, at least for my day, I can say that there hasn't been anything uh, too crazy in terms of requests for both hospitality and for you know, equipment or, or production, you know, knock on wood so far, it's been pretty manageable and, and lucky. Um, I have Camden, Camden Cruz from seven kingdoms who incidentally are playing the show. Um, but he's been also our stage manager for a few years now. And he does all of that technical advance for me. And he has everything, um, he, he has everything under control. He's amazing. So it's, uh, always good to, to rely on good people, you know, to, to work with you and to, to be there for you. So, so before we kind of jump uh, and do like a deep dive into to this year's lineup and how it came together, why don't you tell everyone kind of how you started promoting shows in the first place and how you be kind of made your way as to, to the day two promoter for the fest. I don't even know how it happened to tell you the truth. Uh, no, um, jokes aside, I was, I mean, I started working in the industry. It was kind of like one thing leads to the other. You know, I, I started um, doing uh, music journalism. You know, as a matter of fact, I think that's what I was doing when I met you, Justin, uh, way yeah, back in yeah. the day. Um, and from there, it went to, I did some PR, um, some publicity for some bands, for some record labels. Um, and from that, I went into, um, booking and management. That's when I started working with Klaus and with Lars at, at Intramental at the time and, um, got pretty heavy into the booking thing, but, you know, it was challenging too, because it was basically doing it all by myself. Um, and you know, when life happens, you get busy and things got, got a little, a little too busy for me to keep doing the booking thing um, with Infinity Concerts, which was my my agency. Um, and then 
I was in the middle, I was at the peak of booking the tours and um, I had helped Glenn out to iron out the, um, the Remedy Lane show for Pain and Salvation back in 2014 because um, I was their, their agent for the States at the time. And um, we started talking and, and I, I think I kind of jokingly mentioned to Glenn, you know, if you want to do a Wednesday night show, we can get Pain and Salvation as well. He's like, hey, all you, man, if you want to do it, I'm, I'm happy to have you uh, come on board and, and join, um, which I did. And that was a great, great event. Uh, I'm sure you guys remember. It was a great show. Um, and then it started with those two years upstairs in the smaller room uh, until eventually I, I decided to to join forces with Nathan and move it down to the big stage and, and all. So, yeah, it's been uh, quite a ride, you know. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you have a uh, a particular year that was uh, a favorite or just extra special for you for whatever reason that you that you promoted since you started? Um, a particular year. Hmm. I mean, obviously, the first year was the first year was kind of crazy because you know you're there's all of that excitement and all of that. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's fear or, or anxiety or, you know, you're just nervous because um, you've never done it before. You have an idea how to do it and you have people on your side to help you make it work. But you're also kind of scared because, you know, what if you fuck it up somehow? Um, so the, the first year was was also cool because I noticed the tremendous amount of support that I had. In terms of people in the scene, people in the industry, friends, you know, the, the, the crew at the festival, which I was already a part of, uh, not as a promoter, though. Um, so that was really cool. Uh, it definitely left me with, with that. I want to do this again and I want to do it more, you know, and, and having the booking side of, of things, the experience in that, it kind of made it easier because you could play both sides. Um, a little bit. Uh, so that was, that was one of them. I definitely think, um, the year that we had blind guardian and dragon force as the headliners, um, that was a very special year too, because, um, 
it was Blind Guardian, you know, and Dragon Force, and and it was um, it, it was it, it was different in terms of of working with the truly the top, the big names. Uh, but also they were just so great to work with both of those bands. Like I remember the, the, the year that the day that dragon force played, um, there was some sort of miscommunication between our crew. And I think it was Spock's beard who played right behind before them. And, um, we were behind by like, I don't know, 45 minutes. And, uh, I went into dragon forces dressing room, sort of like expecting to get my ass chewed, you know? Um, guys, we're running behind. I'm so sorry. And they were like, don't worry, man. Just keep us serving beers. You know, just, just, keep, <laughs> just keep bringing us beers and then we'll be fine. And everybody was great to work with. So, um, I think, I think that year was, was very special. Um, and you started going to the fest, you know, when, when we did in Prague power three, although I think I would only meet you a year or two after that. Um, yeah. what was it like transitioning? It was, it's almost like the, uh, the, the old story where the, the fan becomes the front man of the band, right? And this yeah, is kind of the yeah. same type of thing. Um, what what yeah. drew you to the fest in the first place? Cough, Angra, cough. And then ultimately, <laughs> um, talk about the transition from fandom to... to, to yeah. Promoter. So it, it's funny because... Um, so long story short, you know, um, I think my family had just moved to the States maybe a year before or two years before. Uh, and Angra had gone through the breakup, you know, with, with Andre and the other guys and the new lineup and the new album. Um, and then when the new lineup started announcing the shows for their, like their first, they announced their first live show in my city where I used to live in Brazil, three Hmm. blocks away from home. Oh, wow. You know, so I'm thinking, here I am, I'm living in the States now. My favorite band is playing, you know, two blocks away from my former house you know and i'm like i don't know if i should be excited for my friends if i should cry and get in a <laughs> you know in the bedroom and not leave for <laughs> a few days <laughs> um and then <clears throat> i noticed that they announced this random festival in the states and i think i was 17 at the time and i was like i gotta talk to my parents i gotta go see them you know and, and my my parents were like, yeah, for sure. You know, if you want to go with some friends, that's fine. Um, and then bought the tickets, got the traveling taken care of. Um, and then, I don't know, three weeks later, they announced the show in Brooklyn uh, at Lemoore. Yeah. Uh, and at that point, I'm like, well, guess I'm seeing them twice. <laughs> you know? but, and and um, to be fair, though, that, that first lineup was so stacked that I'm sure it wasn't just yeah. anger. And I'm oh, sure you would have sure. done the whole tour if you could. For sure. Um, uh, just the fact that Blind Guardian's first show in the States was was also taking place that year. Um, and I knew Gamma Ray and a friend of mine had just gotten me into Pain of Salvation. Um, and, and Ed Guy, you know, don't need to, no introductions needed there. Um, yeah, so it was cool. And, and, you know, much like with a lot of people that keep going to the festival all these years, you guys probably know the feeling of getting there and just there was something about being there with those people. It was just something special. You know, I, I think um, a lot of people remember certain moments in their lives, right? Uh, whatever they might be, 
things that, that really stick with you and, and mark you in a way. And I remember exactly what it felt like when I got there. You know, it was something so special. It was something so cool that I remember saying, I need to do this every year. I need to come back here. Right. And, and, um, and I know it's cliche and I know that a lot of people have felt that way. And they say that this is what happens when you go to Prague Power. And that's exactly what happened when I went to Prague Power. I, I vividly remember getting off the flight, getting to the hotel and, uh, in the middle of the lobby, as I'm about to check in, I see a guy sitting there with a pink guitar. And I'm like, holy shit, it's Kiko Lorero. And he's just sitting there, not plugged in, but just you can hear him playing you know, on the, on the loose strings or what have you. And I said to myself, what is going on? Like, Justin, what, walked, what, right? Justin walked right up to him and said, you know, you'd be a great fit in Megadeth. And <laughs> I, I thought that was really ballsy of him to say that like, right to his face like that. That was, that was See, now we know how Kiko ended up in Megadeth. It was all because of Justin. Do you know that scene in, um, in uh, Star Wars The Force Awakens when uh, Han Solo gets on the, the Millennium Falcon for the first time in however long, and he just says, Chewy, we're home. That's we're how home. I feel yeah. every yeah. time yeah. I walk into center stage that first night of Prague Power. Um, I think I even posted it on social media one year, like, as awesome. soon as I walked into that venue. and that's So that's kind of, uh, I think, what you're kind of getting at, is that you just feel like you belong mm-hmm. there. It's the sense of community, and now yeah. you're like... Uh, and now you're you're like one of the uh, the main cogs behind the whole thing. That's got to be uh, a pretty pretty awesome thing. It's awesome. It's very special. It's uh, you know like I remember I just came across um, just a few days ago. Um, me and my group of friends who went that year. Um, as a matter of fact, Justin, you mentioned you uh, getting off the flight, going to the hotel. We didn't know any better. Me and my friends. We went by Greyhound bus. Oh okay. my god! Wow. Yeah. So so so, part of the whole the memory, the whole Prague Power. It was an adventure. Like I don't know how else to to put it. It was that it was had insane. to be like and a sixteen hour ride or something like that. That's exactly what it was. I think it might. Yeah. I think it might have been longer. I think it might have been um, because we stopped. We stopped in Richmond, and. I had a childhood friend of mine from Brazil who was um, living in Richmond at the time. So we picked him up, so to speak, you know, uh, in Richmond. And then we stopped again in Charlotte, I want to say. I I don't know. Um, And um, when we got to Atlanta, we actually went to um, we went to the hotel, but it was the wrong hotel. Because they had the same name, and we just went to. Oh, we think it's this one. Let's just go there. <laughs> it was. That's all right. We've had bands find the wrong hotel, but I'll I'll leave that story for <laughs> for another day entirely. Um, um, that's yeah, funny. So, but but yeah, back to to the whole. Yeah, it's it's kind of surreal sometimes when I really think about. You know, I used to just it was my vacation, and I think that's the and to 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 answer your question from before. I think that's the biggest change from a transition perspective. That used to be my vacation. That used to be the thing I looked forward to every single year because I knew I was going to have a hell of a time. And is it, it's anything but a vacation now. 
you know, I love, we love what we do. I love what I do. And I can speak for everybody at the, in the crew, I think. Uh, but the moment I touch down in Atlanta, I usually go, all right, five days. We just got to get through five days. Right, right, <laughs> uh, right, right, right. And, and it, it's um, probably the, the most stressful week of the year by far. Uh, but it, I wouldn't have it any other way. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Do you give you know yourself I mean? a moment or two moments or three moments to just step back into fan mode and just stand there and watch a band play and just kind of forget your duties oh, yeah. for five minutes, ten oh, minutes? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, I, f- I feel like you kind of have know, to or else. You know, in, in, and I have to give credit to Glenn um, to that on that because, you know, so Glenn has really taught me everything about the role of a promoter. You know, I give him full credit. He is one of my closest friends, a mentor, you know, everything, a partner. Um, and um, he, you know, he told me one time, I, I think, I don't know if it was the first or the second year, maybe the first year. And he said, you know, no matter how jaded you get, you have to take a moment and just appreciate it because um, you have to, you know, you have to be proud of the work you're doing and you have to be proud of the fact that, that you're making this happen, you know, that you took the risk and, and, you know, and, and he goes, and eventually you're going to book the bands you want to see and you won't give a fuck about whether or not you're working. You're just going to sit there, you know, and there's definitely been those, those sets where, um, where we're like, you know, we tell the crew guys, my phone's going off. If a fire happens in the back of the venue, I trust you that you're going to put it away. And put it out and um, that's it you know uh, so there's there's always I can't say a full set but yeah there's there's always I make it a point to to enjoy it too um, also because I know that someday it will come to an end so I might as well enjoy it too while I while I make it happen so let's let's kind of shift gears and, and talk about this year. I think you've got arguably arguably the most well-rounded lineup that you've ever had, and that and that's saying something. Talk a little bit about what what the fans can expect on September seventh, and and specifically how the lineup came together and and what went into the whole process. Because I I know um, just from conversations offline that it is a uh, stressful, but at the same time very exciting kind of mm-hmm. formula mm-hmm. that that. That, you know, that goes into it. So I think the first thing that people can expect is that I'm going to be running around like a madman, like always, but <laughs> it's, it's part of it. Um, so when I put together this lineup and this is going back last year, right? Cause we, we book over a year in advance, you know, as a matter of fact, we're in the middle of booking 24 now. Um, so, this was the first time 
that the lineup that I envisioned for day two was the lineup that ended up getting booked. Um, and it was just circumstantial that everybody was available, everybody was interested, etc. Um, I really wanted to bring a little bit of a feel of those old prog powers from back in the day. You know, back when we only had Friday and Saturday, and it was only five bands. And Glenn really focused on two prog bands, two power bands, one wild card, if you would. Um, and I wanted to kind of have that that feeling again. I think I did that the year before as well. I think last year with with Stradivarius and Pain of Salvation um, as the two main bands. I think I I I think I hit that um, pretty well. And I also this year I also wanted to take a different strategy in the sense that I wanted to book the bands that at least the top bands the ones that are popular and are hot now, as opposed to a strato who's been, you know, around for 30 years or a pain salvation, so on and so forth. Um, so with that in mind, I started, you know, and, and I always talk in Glenn and I, we talk lineups year round, basically, you know? Um, and when we started discussing the plan, um, I knew that Beast in Black was going to be available, and I know that they were have been growing significantly here in the states. Um, had to cancel Prog Power before, um, so I was pretty certain that I wanted them on the on the roster. I wasn't sure yet if they could pull off as a headliner, uh, but clearly they can, right? Um, Vola is a band that. I think Glenn had approached in the past and I believe they, if I recall correctly, maybe they didn't even get back to us, you know, when we, when, when he contacted them. So I approached their agent as well, which happens to be the same booking agent for beast in black, as a matter of fact. Um, and almost immediately they're like, yeah, they're very interested. And I think we'll, we'll make this happen. Um, so, um, the first band I reached out for, or, or that I wanted, I will say was the halo effect because it's sort of like, they came out right at the time that we're like starting to think of a roster for the, the following year. And I'm like, you know, I love the, the single. I'm like, I want this band. I don't even want to listen to the, the rest of the album. I want them booked. Um, so they were the first band I approached. And they were the last band to confirm, which I think it's kind of funny. Um, uh, so, yeah, those are the, the top three. Um, Zero Hour, when they announced that they were coming back with the new album with Eric back in the vocals, um, with Andreas on, on bass, I'm like, that seems like, you know, the timing is kind of, kind of right to bring them back you know i have to cater to some of the old school guys as well that have been to the festival you know our regulars for 20 years you know the the, the prog guys um so that was very easy to to deal with to confirm as well um and seven kingdoms goes back to you know the current hot bands that are growing that are becoming popular i mean they're touring like crazy now um and 
you know, besides the fact that Camden is part of the crew, for many years they've been in my radar. And I said, you know what, I think finally it's time. I think they're at the point where they've never been better. Um, I think the music shifted a lot too over the years. And um, I thought it was a, a good opportunity to put them on the show. Um, and, and I think it helps both us having a younger, newer band uh, because maybe they will bring some new people to the show too. And also it, ha it helps them, you know, it, it kind of, um, it, it works sort of as a, it solidifies their status, I guess, as a band um, in, in the scene. So I, I'm pretty satisfied with the lineup. I think um, it, it's like you said, it's one of the most well-rounded I've, I've had so far. And um, I think it'll be a great show. I think in many ways you got a little bit, I don't want to say lucky, but I think that before long, I think the halo effect will start doing us headlining tours on their own. Right. Yeah. Vola has already started doing us headlining tours on a smaller scale. Yeah. And I'll go out on a limb. I think beast in black might be the next band that starts playing really big rooms throughout the country. I know I, they've done headlining tours, yeah. but I just think that they are about to break through huge to the point where 100%. you're getting them at the right time. Because in a mm -hmm. sense, if you don't have them in that, you know, that moderate mm -hmm. size right now, you may never get them because they may get too big. I think they have the potential to be what Sabaton is now. I agree with you. And it's kind of the same situation with when Sabaton played, the second time, not the first time, because they were, I think, third of five, maybe. Um, so I think you're right. I think they are just on the verge of potentially becoming, I'm not even going to say too big yet, but they're on their way. You know, there are bands that I agree that we've had in the festival before that are probably beyond our budget now, to, to be completely honest. You know, or or they can play Atlanta in a bigger room on their own, you know, by themselves. So, um, but it's it's testament to the festival's success too. I have to say because a lot of these bands, you know, um, I can think of you know when Glenn had Nightwish for the first time, when he had Epica for the first time, when he had Sabaton, um, you know, they got their shot in the States because of the festival. Uh, so it's just to be expected that these bands are going to be touring more and more and getting bigger and bigger. And eventually they're, they could, they outgrow the festival and that's okay. You know, it gives, uh, it gives the festival a chance to just renew and, and building new bands like that, uh, you know? So we had a question that came in from someone that they wanted to know, what do you think the hardest part is about being a show promoter? And um, it would it be like the budget, finding the bands, actual the promotion aspect. Um, what do you think is the most difficult um, aspect of, of putting the thing on? I think the most difficult aspect, but also one that we've had to learn how to get over is the fact that you can't please everybody. And at some point you realize that that's okay. And at some point you're like, you don't like the bands? Okay. <laughs> you know, you can't. It, it, it's, it's become, I will say that it, it is hard to not take 
criticism to the festival uh, personal. It's very hard because we work really hard at what we do and we're proud of what we do. And the moment you start taking things personal, uh, the, the moment you stop taking things personal when they talk about something you put together, to me, that's the moment you start losing interest. So I, 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 I hope I never get to the point where I don't care about criticism anymore, you know? Um, so it, it is hard, but it's manageable. Obviously, making the budget work has become probably the most difficult, challenging part now. Um, just because everything is so much more expensive than it was, you know, two years ago, than last year even. Um, so we're we're having to get really creative in terms of of certain aspects of of budgeting. Um, yeah, I think those are probably the the two hardest parts right now. You know. Um, Is there but then a, when you're a there, band that – oh, go ahead. Sorry, Chris. I was just going to say, but then when you're there and you're seeing the show happen and you're seeing the, the crowd going nuts, it's like, okay, it was all worth it. You know, when, when you see it happening in front of you, you're like, all right, we did it. <laughs> we still know what sure. we're doing. <laughs> Is there a band that you really wanted to book that – the window just passed and they just, it, it became a thing where it was just like this band's too, too big or too expensive or, or whatever. It's just, uh, that, that window, like we were just talking about that Sabaton was once in and beast and black is in now, you know, I, I remember Glenn at one point mentioning that he like really wanted to get Volbeat yeah. and he was so close to getting Volbeat and it didn't work out. Was there ever a situation like yeah. that for you where there was a band you just, wanted so bad but it was just like just out of reach because it just wasn't like uh wasn't fiscally possible fiscally possible um <laughs> i think um yeah we talked about and, and both glenn and i talked about them um sleep token 100 percent, the first band that comes to mind um there's also that other band from Canada, I think. I don't even remember their name now. So it's been from Rush. Canada with a no, with a girl singing. They're a little bigger than Rush now. No, just kidding. <laughs> oh, Spirit Box. Spirit Box. Thank you. Yeah, it's a band that would have fit the festival very well. And I remember saying to Glenn, "Hey, what about Spirit Box?" And he's like, "I think we we lost. You know, it's past our our chance." Um, it's funny because Spirit Box comes out with their debut with a lot of buzz. And before you know it, they were playing two nights at Irving Plaza, which obviously we've been to mm-hmm. countless times. So you're talking mm-hmm. about putting 2,500 people over the course of a couple of nights in a room. And and that actually pales in comparison to what Sleep Token did. Sleep Token has gone from a band that nobody's ever heard of to a band that's going to be playing arenas very soon. And I say that tongue in cheek, but not really because they're turning into the next ghost in terms of popularity. Mm-hmm. They are yeah. going, they are just blowing up at a rate I've never seen. And I, yeah. I have friends of friends that reach out to me and they're like, have you ever heard of sleep token? I'm like, and of course it just starts the conversation, but those are people yeah. that have never heard of 
Stradivarius, and they've never heard yeah, of Angra, yeah. but they now know it, who Sleep Token is. It's incredible. You know, another band that comes to mind, and it's a little, it, it would still fit Prog Power, I feel, but it's a little out there, is uh, Polyphia. Yeah, I agree. I and think that they are fantastic. They they had my number one album of the year last year, in my opinion. Um, and it just kind of blew my mind. I was having conversation with a bunch of friends who are not into metal, right? They have no idea about the bands that we listen to, that we work with. They're not really that deep into music. You know, they're not big music consumers like we are. And they were like, dude, have you heard of this band, Polyphia? They're so good. And I'm sitting there thinking, is this when I open that can of worms? Or I just say, oh, yeah, they're awesome. Yeah. And, and ultimately, I went with, you know, with the second option because it was probably easier to just be like, yeah, they're really cool. That's awesome. You like them. <laughs> and, and back in my mind, I'm thinking, should I? Should I? <laughs> um but I think in terms of in terms of becoming too big, Chris, those are probably some of the names. Um, I can't speak for Glenn, obviously, but um, you know the Volbeat. I mean, he had Volbeat confirmed and announced for the festival, and they had to pull out because they had a bigger um, offer. And you can't really fault the band when that happens. You know, they gotta they gotta go with what they um, what they need to do for their career. Um, to their credit, it, it certainly worked out for them. So yeah, for sure, for sure. There's definitely been uh, there's definitely been bands that I wanted to book and it didn't work out, and they are no longer playing. You know, the ones that got away, so to speak. Um, but from a from a financial perspective, I think those three um, come to mind. Um, Avantasia would probably be another one, but you know, uh, been there. Yeah, done you got Avantasia. Kind of <laughs> you just didn't get. You just didn't get them at, at Prague Power. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, that's funny because I was just going to ask you a similar question in that uh-huh. I know people request bands for you to book uh-huh. all the time, and I'm sure there's been some real out there requests <laughs> and. Honestly, Avantasia and Arion were kind of the first two that popped into my head. But um, is there like an absolutely just batshit crazy request you've gotten that was just like somebody dead serious asked you to get like a Metallica or a Dream Theater or something (laughs) like that? You know, it actually happens the other way around. Like I've had people like, you know, because obviously we're getting emails from bands as well and agents and managers and, and whatever, you know, offering bands. But but I've had people request like, oh, you should get this band. They're a great cover band from Long Island or, or <laughs> things like that, you know. Um, so it's kind of like that, Chris, but it's on the other side of the fence, right? Like, you know, they would probably just play for, you know, dinner and drinks. And I'm like. Probably because, you know, they're they're not exactly a a band we would I would want to pay for. <laughs> not putting anyone in the uh, seats, to say the least. Right, right. It has to. It, it's not just about you know the band is really good. You know they they 
there has to be a reason. I can't, if I were to just book bands that were good, you know, we'd have a 75 day festival. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, there has to be, unfortunately things have gotten so expensive that there has to be a reason for a band to be booked, right? You can't just book it because they're a cool band because they're nice people or, or whatever. Um, we have to be more selective. Um, but now in terms of the bigger names, yeah, you always see on, on Facebook people saying, you know, I'm going to, have you ever had Megadeth or Anthrax or stuff like that? Um, and yeah, I'd love to book those bands, but I'm, I'm not, we're not at that level. We're a thousand people festival. Are there, are there any bands left at this point that you say to yourself, they're kind of a bucket list for you to book? I'm talking about like realistic bands that you would Hmm. kind of see yourself going after that you either haven't had or that you think are overdue to come back. There are bucket list shows, I would say, because as you know, Prague Power does a lot of special, unique one-off shows. Um, you know, album celebration or, or this or that. Um, there, yes, there are definitely some shows by bands that have been at the festival. Maybe one of them is happening next year. We'll see. Um, but in terms of bands like first timers at the festival, um, I can't think of anything off the top of my head right now. Um, yeah, I can't think of anything. Also, because well, how about as a probably- how about as a talk, but then talk as a fan. Like I, I'm sure the bucket list is a lot smaller than it used to be, just because. Uh, now everyone seems mm. to tour. Everyone plays the states. Is there anyone left? I know. I. Ariana aside, I, I know that I know what's coming up for you, but like anything, yeah. <laughs> anything, anything I'm like, you know, is there like a top two or three left as the fan that you're like, I have to go see this band before it's too late? Because I think we all have the same regret when it comes to Andre Matos. Yeah, he definitely falls into the, the ones that got away uh, because, and I don't know if a lot of people know that, but we had the Shaman reunion confirmed as of, you know, a few days before Andre passed away, their manager had gotten in touch and said, you know, it's looking good. I think we're just going to, you know, we had a verbal, I guess. Um, and I guess it really wasn't meant to be because, you know, Glenn, Glenn initially wanted Shaman back when Shaman came out. So you're talking Prog Power 4. Um, and... Dad didn't go anywhere. Then he announced Andre solo, right, in 2010. Mm-hmm. And then the visa bullshit happened. And then I actually had discussed Andre for my second year for 2015 and had long, dis- you know, had many discussions directly with him. Um, and he had a manager at the time that was kind of awful to deal with just because. Um, she wasn't very timely in terms of responding to emails and stuff. So that kind of died down as well. So there's at least like three or four times that it was a realistic possibility that didn't happen. Um, 
Um, there was another reunion that was supposed to happen. Um, but I think I'm going to leave that story for Glenn to tell. I mean, I've, I'm sure he has, uh, in which the vocalist passed away. And I think a lot of people know right away it's a band from uh, the Pacific Northwest that was very, very close to, to happening. Um, oh, man. Now, bucket list in terms of... I, I don't think it's a bucket list, necessarily. There are bands that I still want to see as a fan and that I'd love to work with, you know, as a, as a fan. Like... Um, and as a promoter as well, I'm, I I still want to work with the Ocean someday. You know, I'm a big fan of them. The guys are really cool to work with. Their agent is really cool to work with. Unfortunately, it didn't work out um, last year, but I think we will eventually. I think it's a matter of of when, as opposed to if um, they come to mind. Um, yeah, I think it's more very specific shows like i'd like to have this band performing that album in in its entirety kind of thing you know um i probably would want to bring ed guy but i don't see that happening you know um i'd have to get over glenn's dead body before you know, if a possibility, <laughs> if an opportunity came up, I think it'd be his, and I have nothing, uh, no chance. <laughs> and that, and that's you more gotta, of a time you, thing than a than a money thing, right? You have to respect the hierarchy. You know what I mean? There are some bands that I, yeah. I have to just kind of, you know, just smile and say, "Go for it, dude." <laughs> <laughs> um. Time, I don't know. I don't know. You know, when I think of Ed Guy now, I think of Sabotage and TSO. You know, is it worth their time doing a tour for three, four hundred people every night? Like their last tours in the States? Probably not. Um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think so. Yeah, I'm just wondering if it's like not worth putting a pin in avantasia to get ed guy to come back and when when avantasia is such a a success and a money maker for for tobias yeah, it's just I, uh, I i really don't know what it is i really don't know if it's a money thing i really don't know if you know people move on right people you know i think i think toby said that in an interview recently he's like he's not the same person he was when he was running hellfire club you know, and playing with Ed Guy, and and as much as they're a great band and they were super fun, maybe they just don't want to do it anymore. And and it sucks to hear that or to think of that as a fan, but you have to realize that you can't can't really force it, and it's just how it is. So, but now you get you got me thinking. Like, who else would I want to bring? to the festival i can't i truly can't really think of of many bands well, well you, have when, to, when, you have to admit like we've been if you've been going to the festival for as long as we have uh we've been pretty spoiled like a lot of bucket list items have been checked off over the years yeah yeah um 
yeah, you, you know, you have to consider that there are new bands coming out and some of these new bands are becoming more and more popular. And of course I want to see them play. Of course I want to work with them, but I don't know if they quite fall in the whole bucket list. You know, I think one of my bucket list bands watching live, I just saw it with Justin a few weeks ago. You know, when we went to see emperor, um, yeah, well, Again, Justin, based in, in conversation, I've never seen Metallica live. Well, we, you know? we're, we're about two weeks away, and I know I owe you an answer on that, so that's, I'll 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 take that offline. But yeah, yeah, that's it's, fine. Uh-huh. It's it, the, and if you book Metallica for Prog Power, I'll just laugh <laughs> at the guy who posts on Facebook because I guess he finally got his wish. He finally did it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so let, before we, before we let you go, I just want to hear any last thoughts about this year, uh, what the future holds and I guess, what can we expect as, as we have another few years to go with the fest? Um, well this year, I think, um, there's, well, obviously, you know, goes without saying there are still some tickets left for, for day two. Um, I wish I wasn't saying this, but Hey, here we are. It's how it is. Um, I think every band is going to deliver, at least on day two. I'm I'm certain of it. Um, And I think people that choose not to attend will be missing out. I mean, what else can I say, you know? Um, So as for this year, I'm excited. You know, things seem to be going well in terms of the the pre-show the advances, the, you know, everything is, is going smooth so far, knock on wood. Um, yeah, we'll see what, what happens when we, when we get there. Um, as for the future next year, as it stands right now, 2024, I have two bands confirmed for Thursday, um, with a verbal on a third. And like I said, maybe, Maybe one of those special shows, maybe not. We'll see. Um, I think I think it'll be really hard for people to complain in terms of this lineup is not good enough or, or this or that. I think um, I'm pretty proud of it. You know, I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty ecstatic about it, actually. You know, and here we are, 15 months ahead of next year's show, and I'm like. I kind of want to see that show already. I kind of want to make that happen. I kind of want to announce it. You know, I can't wait to announce it. Uh, just as I'm sure Glenn can't wait to announce his show. Is there any um, chance you'll be able to announce your lineup at this year's Prog Power, or do you think it won't be finalized in time? It's definitely been my goal this time around, and I am working. I have given myself the deadline that I want to make that happen, the the goal. Um, you know, when I talk about it with Glenn, he's still like, you know, you have time. You don't have to have the video um, and announce it at the show, but I would like to, you know. Um, it's really exciting to see people's reactions in, in real time. It, it it really is one of the the highlights of the weekend. You know, I it's watching completely. those damn videos. Um, <laughs> so, 
and especially if the headliner I'm talking with, talking to right now confirms, I really want to be there to see people react. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll, it's how, it's looking good. How we'll can see. people find you or reach out if they, uh, you know, want to want to either ask questions or or sponsor the show or anything like that? Um, either on the the festival, they they can always send me an email directly to myself or or you know ask for my email on the festival Facebook or Instagram will. You know, I prefer to share that way instead of just put it on the, the festival Facebook page. Um, yeah, I think that's the easiest way. And, you know, I'm in all socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, threads. There you go. <laughs> the first threads plug. There you go. That's right. Yeah, see? Um, that's uh, Redemption's TikTok. favorite app now. TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. Built in on TikTok. You've heard it here uh, first. No, no. I said well, not so we, much. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we, we appreciate you joining us. We look forward to seeing you in, uh, you know, I guess, what, another six or so, seven, eight weeks, something like that. Don't uh, say it like that, man. Like. I, can't, I can't believe it. <laughs> it's a little too uh, close. It becomes real at that point. Uh, it all it all it all comes together though. So we we appreciate the yeah. time. We look forward to of seeing course. you. We encourage everyone out there um, buy your tickets now because I think that ticket sales often influence next year's lineup and budget and everything else. So um, buy your tickets, get out there, and uh, come support because uh, bands like this don't tour the tour, tour the states all that often. And certainly yeah. those openers, um, you know, a band like Zero Hour, you're not going to get to see them anywhere else. Or in a really good room with really good sound, and and you know I think that's a big deal too. You know you want to see you want to go see Beast in Black in a little bar, you know before they get super big. Be my guest, but I promise we are, you know we we deliver. It's not like we're we're booking in a venue that's you know a bar with a pool table and and you know arcade machine and and, and you know. <laughs> warm beer kind of thing we're uh you know yeah so well i had said i had said to justin in our last up and uh well two episodes ago how excited i am to see beast in black play in that venue because that venue is just it's just such a great venue to see a band and like it always sounds good the crowd's always into it and uh Mm -hmm. i think that just just the way sabaton you know blew that stage up twice i think beast in black's gonna be very similar. So I'm really excited about specifically I, I that they're so playing too. in that venue. I think so too. Um, yeah. So we'll, we'll, there's a reason why the festival has always stayed at that venue. Right. And I think you guys know by now that the, the quality is, is second to none. So um, yeah, it's, it, I don't know. It's worth going, you know, I think I would still be going as a fan um, if it wasn't for becoming one of the co-promoters so. so i i wholeheartedly believe that to be true yeah. and yeah anybody who listens to this podcast knows how much justin and i love prog power and and you know we want all like all the success for you know for you in the world and and we we appreciate it right around this time just this is all we talk about for the next two months it, or so yeah it's like i said and you guys know it's a very special event and 
I just I just hope people don't take it for granted. I I really hope that people don't take it for granted because you know there's a few years left, or maybe well, not. Know, I don't know. We'll, on, we'll see. On <laughs> on that subject, before we go, I'll leave with this because we had one other question, and might as well. This seems like as good a time as any to ask it. Is there a possibility that Prague Power can continue after Glenn retires? Oh boy, putting me on the spot, huh? <laughs> yeah. I thought Is you got off possi- light so far. So. <laughs> Is there a possibility? Um, I mean. How can oh man? How can I answer this and a not get in trouble? B not build <laughs> false expectations. And C, probably by saying nothing, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I urge you to actually respond um, if possible. <laughs> so, Glenn's retiring after twenty five. For all intents and purposes, Prague Power is over in 2025. I have not announced that I'm retiring 2025 or in at Prague Power 25. Um, yeah. So, um, how's that for an answer? <laughs> it's uh, you know kind of the kind so, of vague the kind of vague answer we look for for you from <laughs> look from you for you know joking joking aside. Um, there's been a conversation and that's about all I can say right now because there is nothing, yeah, nothing. I think people are just or, looking for that little, that little shred of hope that it might go on. So if, I think if you keep that hope alive, that's all anybody's really asking for. Yeah. You know, that door isn't closed, I guess, you know, I'm not going to say it's wide open. And you can see through the door, but it's not closed. And um, yeah, I would like to see it continue. I would not like to think that it will never happen again. You know, I would like to see it continue. And um, whether or not it will, I don't know. But, you know, it's also not my place to to say. But there is, um, yeah. There's been a conversation that has happened, and that door isn't closed. Very good. We'll uh, we'll let you go with that. Uh, thank you again for joining the Metal Exchange, and uh, we look forward to maybe having this same chat next year when it comes to uh, you know the next year's lineup. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it, and uh, all the best to you guys with the podcast, which is so cool to see. So, cheers. Thanks. Yep. Have a good one, guys. Yep. Of course. <laughs> <laughs>